Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 224. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing, Kevin? Doing pretty good. That's that's good. It's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I can't complain. That's good. I can't complain. This week on the show, we'll be reviewing the collaborative film Collective Unconscious. We were going to do another one, but Kevin dropped that's the right. ball. We were. I, well, I guess so. No, you, you did. I guess. You did. That's just, I don't have any time. There's no time. Ain't no time. Kevin got a, Kevin got got a dog much. this weekend, so. Got too much going on. I actually had my nephew sleep over, too. Oh, shit. That was different. That was different, dude. I never had that happen before. Oh, really? Plus, I had to mow. I had to mow, too. Whew. Got too much. I had to do all. What? We got birthday parties? I mean. There's so much going on. No time to watch a, a moody period piece? I, I, I tried. I asked I asked the kids last night. I was like, hey, do you guys want to watch Childhood of the Leader? And they were like, what? I'm like, Brady Corbett. <laughs> and they were like, uh, what? I was like, uh, I guess not. They weren't having it. Mm, guess they weren't big fans it's, of Simon Killer. No, no, they weren't. I tried to get them to watch the Legos movie, and they wouldn't even do that. Ugh. Wow, what, what did they want? To, what did they watch? Thomas the Tank Engine? <laughs> no, they ended up showing me some game. I forget what the fuck this game's called. But keep in mind, they're like eleven and seven. It's called like Crazy Wheels or Happy Wheels or something like that. It's like ragdoll physics. Mm. And the main thing that they play is it's called Kill Your Boss, and you just hurt yourself at someone, and then you crash out a window. And then you fall, and then your body explodes, <laughs> and blood goes everywhere. Nice. <laughs> so, and actually, thinking about it, childhood of a leader probably would have been that probably would have been lot. tame in comparison. <laughs> it probably would have been. Does anyone explode in childhood of a leader? No, no. Okay. It's not so even. Yeah, they because they probably wouldn't have understood any of it at all. So probably they probably would have. Would have put them to sleep, would be my guess. Oh, yeah. I, they would have been disappointed that no one exploded. No, nobody, nobody explodes. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of... If it's, uh, somebody gets hit in the head, <laughs> that's about it. Okay. That's about it. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're going to talk about some other stuff we've been watching on the watch list. Movie predictions, new one video on demand, Blu-ray releases. Not much in the... In the uh, in the news realm this week, uh, a bunch of uh, festival lineups have been announced. So the New York Film Festival announced their main slate. Uh, Toronto announced their ridiculous number of movies. Uh, we put the Midnight lineup, the Midnight Madness lineup on the site, and then the, uh, the main slate of the New York Film Festival. So you can go to the site to see the full list of those. A lot of good stuff coming out of that, um, coming out of both of those festivals. Uh, what else? Uh, Star Wars got a new trailer, Rogue One. Oh, yeah? Fantastic new trailer. Yeah. Super excited about this one. Very, very excited. Cannot wait. Looks amazing. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked based on the first one. Yeah. yeah. Ben Mendelsohn is the bad guy. Come on. I mean, that alone. 
what yeah essentially what more do you want that alone incredible all right let's uh dive into collective unconscious so this is a series of short films that are compiled that it kind of revolves around five directors that are interpreting the other's dreams, right? Correct. So, oh, I don't have the, I don't have the list here of the directors. Oh, here we go. We got, yeah. So we have Daniel Patrick Carbone, Lauren Wolkstein, Lily Baldwin, Francis Bodomo, and Josephine Decker. Right? There you go. There's your five. Okay. Uh, Now, Kevin, what just, and this is like, I'm not, it's not a leading question or anything, but I'm just wondering which one of these five segments do you think I liked the most? Mm, That you liked? The most. Yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, there's not, I mean, it's not like a trick question or anything. My guess, I, I have it down to two. It's got to be one of these two. Uh, uh, yep, yep. There were, there were two that I was <laughs> but, uh, debating on which one I liked. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, uh, I want to say everybody dies. I think that was my favorite. And then the other one would have been Black Soil, Green Grass? Uh... Yeah, I think so. Which was the first yes, one? Yes, the first one, yes. Yep. Uh, it was it was funny, because when the first one started up, I was like, oh, man, this is this is gorgeous. And as it progressed, I was like, man, I am really into this. And I, and I was like, wow, this is, this is how you start off one of these kind of... I don't know if I'd call this an anthology movie. I, I mean, I guess it sort of is. Yeah, I mean, loosely, because there's not really like a thread throughout them no i think this was originally created they were going to do like a web series well it's listed it's listed on imdb as a tv series so yeah yeah i don't know either way uh the they started off really strong with that one black soil green grass holy crap it's basically it's so it's shot in black and white and it basically takes place in some kind of dystopian future where like there's this loop that's playing over a loudspeaker on a tower that I, I guess if you hear it, you die. Yeah. It just, it seems like it eats, starts eating your brain from the temples or from your ears, I guess. Yeah. And there was, there was one scene in it where this, this girl kills herself and the, the way that she did it was, I thought really, I mean, it was, it was sad and, kind of horrifying but at the same time it was really creative and the way that it was shot with the, yeah. the headphones hanging like it just looked awesome like uh, that one was so well done i was uh that, a that big was fan the, i gotta say out of out of the five and i know that the other ones aren't really going for this either but that one i was like i could watch a feature of that like you could oh turn yeah that into a and I would easily yeah and, and I thought that too because it seemed like there was so much there like I, f- I felt like there was a lot more to that world that could be explored now that, that kind of brings me to my next thought is that going into this I, I knew the premise I knew that it was short films that were interpreting dreams and right away I was like I don't I'm not into this 
because I don't, I, I hate it when people <laughs> tell me their dreams. And it's, it's, I don't know if you read my review, but my whole opening paragraph is that. Oh. Because I, I hate, I hate anytime someone's like, well, I had a dream last night. I'm just like, nope. Yeah. I just I don't care. I cannot I don't stand give a it. Shit. And, and I think that part of it is because I don't believe when people tell me their dreams, like, I don't believe that that's really what happened in your dream. I think that maybe some of that happened and you're filling in the blanks. And I think that that's, and and that's like, that was one thing that I was thinking about during this was like, you didn't dream this. Like you did not dream this. There's no way. And then, but but then I I think that, yeah, I think there's, it's, it's more of a, like a, they probably dreamed like a little nugget. Right. And then, but the, nugget, yeah, you know, but then I thought like, okay, interpret it. I, I kind of grew to accept it. Like I was like, okay, this is a loose interpretation of these dreams. This is probably not even remotely close to what the person actually dreamed. But, uh, the, the thing is all five of them to me were really interesting. Like they, I enjoyed all of them. I thought that one of them was weaker than, the others, yeah, and you can probably much- you can probably guess which one I th- I thought. Well, maybe you can guess. I don't know. It was the second one. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. I was, was going to guess, but I wasn't thinking the second one. The second one but- I thought was the weakest because okay. I just didn't think there was a whole lot to that one. Just a lot of. In- I'm not a big fan of uh, like modern like interpretive dance. Now, see, this is the most in the. For me, this experience was the most, this was the most enlightening portion for it. For me was, I, I'm starting to come around to that because I liked first day out. I just, I thought that that was really interesting the way that she had that set up with, you know, with the right. audio playing and then the, yeah, let me, let, and the cinematography of it and everything is gorgeous. Right. Let me, let me just say, first off, it's not that I didn't like that one. I just thought it was the weakest of the five. I thought that a lot of the technique that she used in that was really great. How you had the kind of long, very long takes in that. And just a lot of, there's a lot of movement. There were a lot of moving pieces to that one. And I liked that. Yeah. I just didn't find it very, uh, substantial, I guess. Well, and it works perfectly in here cause it's, it shows up, it's interesting and then it gets out. Right. And I think that that's probably the shortest one. At least it felt the shortest. Of the yeah, because yeah, it looks like yeah, because it looks like it's only ten, about ten minutes long. Yeah, which everybody does. It looks like it's only that. Well, that that one also was one that uh, the 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 premise, the setup of that one was. I mean, you couldn't make it much longer than that, or else it would get kind of repetitive. Yeah, I liked yeah. that one because it was just so cynical. It was just. It was just so pointed, and just every and everything about it, just like the look of yeah, it, the VHS, like old and how it kept old school eighties pu- public access. The song, mm-hmm. oh, the song was fantastic! <laughs> Holy crap! And, and how it kept cutting to the to the technical difficulties at the beginning, mm-hmm. and essentially, it's just it's just killing a bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of kids killing a lot of kids. I loved it when the two white kids ended up, and she was like, "You're in the wrong place." 
<laughs> they get to go to the room with the cookies, yeah. which I I thought was interesting because it's called Everybody Dies, but the white kids don't. It's just the black yeah. kids. Yeah. Hmm. Very pointed that one. Yeah. Uh, that was that's the one that kind of got me off guard like oh shit yeah like we're we're doing this okay which one which one was your your favorite my favorite would probably be oh man i think maybe everybody dies they're all kind of tied really separate for me the i think it's easier to go this route for me the weakest was bemis it'll end in tears the the gym teacher one and again, it's kind of like you. It's not to say that I didn't like right. it. I just, you know, out of the five, that's the one that, you know, if I had to pick one, I could do with that. I got to say. But like, I did. When when he started, they get into the crab walk. Circle. Yeah, and he's, and he's crabbing all over the like, place. That's, that's, I mean, at first, that's kind of fun. And you have the, the cameras kind of like slowly moving its way into. And he's standing there. and I mean, he's so into it. And he's yelling out at them. And you still have no really no clue what the hell's going on in this dream which was the only one out of the five that actually felt like a like a weird dream to me mm-hmm. it was like this is a dream well because okay. there's, there's a lot of there's like kind of tropes that you have in your dreams right like everybody has the dream the, the high school dream like mm-hmm. i think everybody has that where they're they're back in high school mine is personal the one that i personally have is that i'm lost that I, that it's like the first day of school and I don't know how to get to class. That's that's my recurring one. <laughs> and I look. I've I, lived that so many times. So I guess I don't dream that anymore. You lived it. <laughs> I mean, it's happened to me in real life, of course, too. Because my subconscious is like, "Nah, we already did that. That shit's played out." <laughs> Uh, I liked the Bemis one. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. Well, just, I, just, and then he gets down and starts barking out the orders and stuff yeah. while crab walking, like just through the frame. You see him because the camera's not really even fixed on anything. It's kind of fixed on the wall behind them, and it's just slowly moving in on them. And just seeing him dart around the screen, because holy shit, can that guy crab walk? I don't know if I've ever seen anyone crab walk that well. Yeah. He's a speedy crab walker. Yeah, I mean, he's got fucking skills when it comes to crab walking. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I gotta say, I was really, really surprised by this whole collection because there wasn't a single one that I was like, all right, I'm ready for this to be over. I thought that they Mm -hmm. were all a perfect length, and I actually found myself being very, very entertained by all of them. And, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, well, and that's kind of like what you touched on a little bit earlier is going into it, I'm thinking, okay, anthology films uh, don't have, really have a great track record with them. Um, there's always that added bonus that you're on to the next one. But still, I'm not that interested in it. And then you're telling me that they're dream interpretations. And I'm just like, no fucking yep, way. Yep. I just, I don't... I th- Like, the last thing... I want is to see someone's interpretation of a dream. Yeah, uh, but I will say that they're better than hearing them. Oh, absolutely. And I thought I thought that they were going to be really out there. I thought they were going to be really abstract and have a lot of crazy imagery and just be a really random. And they really they really yeah. weren't. I mean, they all had uh, a very clear purpose. They all had kind of a narrative to them. 
And I appreciated yeah. that. Although, I mean, certainly there's some weird moments in pretty much all of them, but it, it all felt like it was part of the narrative. It didn't feel like just how, I, you know, in real dreams, we just have these random, weird, strange things happening. I did. Uh, I like the, um, the reimagining of, uh, of that possession scene in the, in the last mm-hmm. short film. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes on and on. And at first I was like, Oh God, what is this? Yeah. And then about, you know, a couple seconds into it, I was just like, this is fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, I don't know what it is, but I love this. Yeah. We didn't really talk about the last one. The all hypnosis is self hypnosis. Is that the last one? Oh, no, no, no. Swallowed. Swallowed. Sorry. Yeah. Looking. By Lily Baldwin, which she she plays the lead in that, the one that's kind of having this freak out where she's just like vomiting milk everywhere <laughs> while she's essentially freaking out in the kitchen. And uh, I don't know what that was, but for some reason, inexplicably, I enjoyed I it. I think it was like her interpretation of just being overwhelmed with uh, married life with children and there's just the whole beginning part with the the conversation about the shish kebabs and i think she was, <laughs> it was just an interpretation of someone being completely overwhelmed and mm-hmm. in- well, she changed to the uh she was going to the formula and he was like oh i don't know about that <laughs> so she gives him a little taste of it by kissing him and then biting his fucking lip yeah yeah of course he can handle it and then of course she just starts vomiting milk for the next it almost felt like seven like eight minutes yeah, <laughs> it felt the, really the, long. Uh, the sound in that one was uh very intense like all this all the the sound was like heightened in that well the, that and the the editing the way they cut the way she cut all those movements together and mm-hmm. mixing it with the because there's this interpretive dance too with like six or five or six people or whatever and it's cutting in between that and then her freaking out in the kitchen and it's just it was something yeah that was definitely a bizarre <laughs> one but i enjoyed it no nonetheless same here and that's what i was saying like at that point in time i'm like i i'm kind of getting into interpretive dance i don't <laughs> i don't know exactly what it it's is It's kind of my thing now but but uh i can get on board with this yeah, uh, I would I would definitely recommend checking this out, especially because it's free. I'm guessing it's still free, right? Yeah, yeah. Which and you can go the there's two different routes for it. You. you can just go on Vimeo and just see it as is, and then on the on BitTorrent is a, it's a deluxe version. So oh yeah, and it has like it, all kinds of added like bonus stuff on the BitTorrent one. Yeah. Deleted scenes, a complete remix of the entire film, 41-song mixtape. Now, the other thing that we didn't really discuss was kind of... uh, There's like sort of chapter breaks in this where you have this uh, guy who is sort of hypnotizing the directors. Yeah. Uh, What did you you think of that? I could have done without that. Because it seemed seemed like that was was like a remnant from them trying to make it a web series. Yeah. Like it almost felt like that's how they introduced it. They did the thing and then you saw the film and then there was a little bit at the end and then they try and incorporate it into this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I don't need it. Right. It's just, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't add much. I liked the beginning 
part. Like his intro at the beginning before the first one started. Uh, I liked that because I was like trying to play into it, you know, because he's sort of hypnotizing the audience or attempting to sort of hypnotize the yeah. audience. So I was trying to like play into it and let myself kind of be, be calmed by what he was saying and just mellow out. And it kind of worked. <laughs> I know I just started, I'm looking at the comments here on Vimeo and there's one that just says, what is this? <laughs> what sort of cursing do I need to be to appreciate this? <laughs> uh, no one answered them. Hmm. Maybe you should. Seems like he was being very serious. He wants to know what sort of person he needs to be. And I don't know what type of person you need to be. Uh, I don't know. I just think you need to be open to interesting ideas and creative filmmaking. I mean, it's not that. Yes. Yeah. Like I was expecting something really out there and really experimental. Because I, cause I told you, I got a whole bunch of emails about this. And from what they were describing in the emails I was reading, I was like, oh, this sounds like it's going to be, they're going to be like doing a lot of crazy filters and messing with the with the uh, the visuals a lot and stuff and I expected it to be something more of like uh like an acid trip movie or something like that you know yeah, like really just really abstract and like I was expecting some of them to like not even have characters or anything and just be crazy shapes on the screen but it wasn't it wasn't like that at all so I would say that if you're afraid of kind of going into this yeah, if you think it's going to be like too avant-garde or yeah, experimental, it's not, it's yes. not at all. No, if it, no. it feels a lot like just any other normal anthology film. I mean, it's less on the horror side, but there's certainly some uncomfortable moments in it. There's, 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 there is some horror in there. It's, there is some like unsettling stuff yeah. where you're just like. I think almost all, creepy, almost yeah. all of them have a darkness to them. Yeah, almost all of them. Which I, yeah, it's just it's very creative yeah really it's really only the second one is the one that just is kind of joyous so the other ones definitely have uh, a darker quality to them yeah so, that's collective unconscious uh, i think you gave this seven and a half on the site is that correct indeed indeed yeah uh, i think i'm gonna i'm sitting i'm sitting between a seven and a seven and a half on this as well so it's i need and and you know what else that I thought of like immediately after finishing this? I thought, you know what? I would like to see more of this. Like at first I, was, I wasn't I was on board with the whole idea of like, okay, you have one director and they have a dream and then another director comes in and like kind of reinterprets it or whatever. But from seeing this, like let's keep doing I would this. Lo- I would love to see that. Like have uh, Calvin Lee Reader do one. I would just yeah. like have really uh, like other interesting directors do it yeah you know just independent filmmakers just doing some interesting things i would like love to see lee janiak do one just mix it up and you could throw in like have like comedy directors uh interpret you know some of the directors that are typically do like genre like horror movies and stuff and mix it up i think it'd be great i I think it's it's a really cool concept and I definitely Let's would like to see more. Yeah, I would totally be on board for that, which is I, really surprising because, like I said, going into it, I was just essentially read it and I was like, mm, no, 
Well, yeah, that's why, because you were the one that suggested this one, and I was like surprised because I was. Well, I was the like, only oh, reason yeah. is because who the who the directors are. I was like, I don't like this concept, but these are good directors. Yeah. It's got to at least be interesting. Yeah, and it, Which and it, it definitely was. Is. Yeah, it definitely was. So, check it out again. It's collective unconscious. Collective colon unconscious. There you go. Check it out for free. Vimeo. Or BitTorrent. I don't know. I don't know how you'd even yeah. get it on BitTorrent. Like, is there a site that you go to? I don't even know how that. Yeah, I have in, in the review. I have links to both. Ah, cool. I'm always looking out for you guys. Right. Well, there you have it. Let's move on. Talk about some of what we've been watching on the watch list. Uh, I, I'll start it off this week. I saw the childhood of a leader. Oh yeah. Yeah. I so, I've heard about this. <laughs> I heard, I wanted to check this out at some point in time. Uh, so this is Brady Corbett's directorial debut, and it's so weird because this is this is a dude. He's like, what? He's not even thirty yet. He's like twenty seven, and he's an American dude, and he directs this very European film, and it is, I I think it's probably one of the best movies I've seen this year so far. It's oh, yeah. so good. It is so good, Kevin. Uh, I was I was pretty much enamored by this. Basically, it's about um, it, it takes place right at the end of World War One, and follows a family who their son is will later become a, a fascist dictator. Sort of. I mean, it's not Hitler, but it's a Hitler-like figure, hmm. and it kind of just explores uh, the foundation of what makes that type of man. And it stars uh, Berenice Bajot and uh, Robert Pattinson's in there and Liam Cunningham. And it's, it's great. Like I, I was, I was very, very into this movie might be a little, it's a little plotting. Like it's a little, it meanders a little bit. But uh, they're just the the look. I mean, holy crap! The cinematography in this, like the where they live, uh, they live in France, and it's just the countryside and their their home is just so immaculately designed. Uh, it's pretty incredible. And I'm not into period pieces, but this is definitely the the right way to do a period piece, at least for me. It's 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 a thriller. I mean, and the the score in this movie is out of control. It is so good. And, and the score... Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, Scott Walker. The score plays very heavily. I mean, it is front and center of this movie. And it is so good. Uh, I mean, I was kind of blown away by all the music in this. And and again, I'll say this. I've said this multiple times in the show over the years that I'm not a big... Uh, I don't typically notice a score unless it really sticks out to me. And this one is just, it's so prominent. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It seems like it's usually one or the other with you. If it's really, really good, you'll notice it. And if it's like really irritating, yeah. it's yeah. terrible. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of critics and other movie lovers, they, they really pay attention to the score in movies. But for the most part, I, I think that the score is always pretty generic to me. Like in, in most movies, I think that the scores are, are generic, especially Hollywood movies. 
like the, all of the superhero movies and stuff like that. It's just, you know, I, I pay oh, yeah. no attention oh. to it because it just sounds generic to me. Oh, so mm-hmm. whenever I hear a score that sticks out one way or the other, like you said, a lot of times if I know if, if it might not be uh, sticking out for a good reason, it might be because it's so shitty. Uh, but in this case, it is phenomenal. So I would almost recommend seeing this movie based on the score alone. And it's rare that I say that. Wow. But either way, it is, uh, it, it's a definite recommend for me. Again, it's called The Childhood of a Leader, and it's available on VOD. So you can give this a rental. I rented it on Amazon. So you can check it out there. Yeah. Uh, the first one I have is a rewatch. And rewatching some of these '70s movies because once again, my wife hasn't seen this, and that's Deliverance. Oh, it's been it's been a while since I've seen Deliverance. Nice, which is on uh, Netflix Instant. And um, this time around, I noticed two things. All right, the beginning because I don't I, I don't really remember much from this movie except obviously the one that you know the scene that we all know, even if you haven't watched it. You still know it. Yeah, it's a pop culture thing. And, you know, little bits here and there. And then the thing that first struck me was the kind of the conversation at the beginning where they're talking about the river and how they're going to make in this manly lake and how they're going to flood it out and everything. He's talking about how they're, they're raping the land, raping it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, geez, you're really foreshadowing that one. And then the, the main thing I noticed is. Burt Reynolds' character in this movie is just a fucking dick. He's so awful. I just hated him so much. He's not a likable character. I don't know if he's supposed to be likable. No, no, he's not supposed to be. I think Voight's supposed to be the likable one. And even even to a certain point, Voight is kind of... I didn't really like any of them, to be honest. Well, they're not... I I don't think... I mean, because that's like the whole thing, right? Is like they're they're these city guys coming in, trying to get in touch with nature and they're just they're like posers they're yeah. trespassing on this on this land except for burt reynolds i guess he actually does he actually is pretty good at what he's doing yeah I except, when he, except when he gets fucked at the end <laughs> yeah he gets fucked up but uh it's one of those it seems like it uh kind of it kind of peaks early <laughs> and you just kind of like take your time Get into and the, the how they try and cover up what happens it's just really stupid too where they're just like at the end they're like we'll say this is our story this is what we're gonna say has happened and it's like dude nobody's gonna believe that shit yeah like your other fucking canoe or whatever broke like 15 miles upstream like how do you explain that like they're gonna find out come on and immediately that's like the first thing it's like how did your canoe get upstream He's like, you dumb sons of bitches. <laughs> well, they had a traumatic experience, Kevin. Just give him a break. Yeah. It's a bit ridiculous. It, is, it seems like the 70s was just like, let's make everything terrifying. <laughs> yeah. People, people in the mountains, let's make them terrifying. Sharks, let's make them terrifying. Everything. Birds, let's do it. Fucking everything. Everything, everything is was, trying to everything is trying to kill white people. Everything is trying to kill you in the seventies. <laughs> you're, you're you're pretty much screwed if you lived back then. I and that makes me wonder if you know because like 
there's things nowadays where we see it, like the things that are popular, you know, everyone's like jumping on this kind of story and they're just like, oh, give me a fucking break. Another one of these movies. Do you think that that's like what was happening back in the 70s? They're like, oh, God, now they're trying to survive the fucking river and mountain men. I don't think so. I, I think because it was such a, a boom. So, so new. Like, yeah. Like th- these types of movies were just so new and they were just, I mean, like the the film industry was just in a boom during this time. And I think that, yeah, I think people are just happy that these new kinds just of movies that. were coming out. Love it. Love it. Yeah, definitely. So Deliverance is pretty good. It's not as good as Jaws. But it's pretty good. Oh yeah, no. I think most people agree with me on that. <laughs> yeah. I would hope so. I mean there's there's some great things about deliverance, but it it is not coming close to Jaws for me at least. Yeah. Uh I saw Sausage Party. Oh. Yeah, so oh. I saw the, the first R rated animated movie ever made, according to Ryan. <laughs> There's never been one, ever. <laughs> I don't know where he heard that or where he thinks he heard that. <laughs> I love that not only did he hear that, but he is fucking, he believes it full force. <laughs> and he will fight you. He's like, well, that's what it said. And it's like, well, no, there's no way it said that. Uh, actually, you so know, it, I, he might have saw it. There is a synopsis on Letterboxd. It says... Sausage Party, the first R-rated CG animated movie. Yeah, there you go. He just, he forgot the CG part. Yeah, that's probably what it is. It's probably what it is. Uh, So Sausage Party, uh, I I went into this expecting it to be just nonstop laugh riot because that's what I've been reading. I read that it's just so outrageous, so funny. And I got to say, I mean, I'm sure that it has... Obviously, comedy is extremely subjective, but I just didn't, it really didn't do it for me. Uh, I thought that there were some parts that were very funny, but for the most part, it is deliberately being as lowbrow and bottom of the barrel as it possibly can be. I mean, this is like, probably, it, it is so gratuitously lowbrow that it, it's like it takes it to almost ridiculous levels. It's just nonstop food puns and sex jokes involving <laughs> food. And also, uh, basic, it's very, uh, it, it's kind of tasteless in that uh, it just stereotypes everybody. So, like, uh, for instance, the bagel was played by. Edward Norton and he had he was doing like a Woody Allen impersonation mm-hmm. so like they're just ethnic stereotypes racial stereotypes uh, sexual stereotypes so like uh, Twinkie there's a Twinkie and he was a twink <laughs> like of course yeah. and all the fruits all the fruits were were gay because they're fruits oh okay you know get it yeah uh, there was uh, they they go to like the liquor section and uh, Bill Hader plays Firewater and he was of course a Native American character, so it's it's like you know pretty politically incorrect and I think that maybe maybe we needed a movie like this maybe we needed a movie that just 
kind of threw taste out the window and was like, you know what? Shit's funny. Just, just go with it. So to that, I kind of appreciated it. And the other thing that really surprised me is this whole movie's about religion. Like the whole thing is about religion. And it's like, so, so basically the, the premise is that all the food has this religion and they look at humans as gods and they believe nothing uh, except what this one specific song is that they sing every morning. And they refuse to believe anything else and they kind of lash out against anybody that kind of questions their belief system. So it's the whole thing is just an, an, a taking the piss out of organized religion. Hmm. And that was kind of a really, that was definitely a component that I did not uh, pick up on in any of the trailers or anything. Uh, I will also say at the end of the movie, I don't know if this is a spoiler. It's, it's probably a spoiler. There's there's a, uh, an extended scene that happens at the end of the movie that is so vile and vulgar that you just... I mean, it's pretty shocking to see, to see that in, a, in an animated film. But <laughs> overall, I was, a little, I was a little meh on it. I'd probably give it like maybe a five and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe a six, but... More so, so, more so five and a half. And, you know, kind of the thing that I talked about, one of the reasons that I don't want to see this because I don't think that you can, that you can do that for like an hour and a half. It, would it, would it, it work do. for me? Do you think it would work for me or? Probably not. I, I don't think the humor would work for you. That's the thing. I think okay. that the, everything hinges on the, on the humor and a lot of it at least didn't, the humor really didn't work for me. It worked for the audience. I went to see it with, holy crap, they were just. Eat that shit up. They were just laughing it up. But, you know, I, I saw this other review on Letterboxd where it said it was, he went to a packed theater and nobody laughed. So I think that it's, you know, it's just one of those things. That they were just, man, they were hooting and hollering at my screening. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that it wasn't funny. I laughed at at some of the jokes, but most of them just didn't. They just didn't work for me. They were just too yeah, too it, silly. It, does, it doesn't sound that funny, really. What they did to kind of combat the to keep it kind of moving was that they 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 actually had several plots happening at once. So they jumped back and forth. So like most of like Seth Rogen plays. Frank, the the sausage or the hot dog and all of his buddies and all of the people that he kind of hung out with in the supermarket, they went home like they got they went home and through through a a series of events, he ends up being left at the supermarket. So his story and Kristen Wiig's story takes place at the supermarket and then uh, Jonah Hill and. Michael, Sarah, they're, they're like out in the real world. So they're, well, it's, they're out in the, the home of the person that bought them. So there's kind of two, two storylines that are, that converge. And, um, the villain is actually voiced by Nick Kroll and he plays a douchebag and his, he, his, in his character, he's like a dude, bro. So I thought that that was pretty, pretty funny. That he was the douche, and that's the kind of that's the kind of humor it is. It's like super on the nose, just puns, yeah. nonstop. 
which sounds like it would get old quick. It does, but some of the some of the puns were were funny. Some of them worked. Yeah, you know they were worth it. a chuckle, but I don't know. I, I just was a little lukewarm on it, and the animation wasn't nearly as bad as what the trailers made it out to be. The trailers make made it look really shitty, but it actually was decent. It wasn't like Pixar level or anything, but it's pretty good. I think I would find it funnier if it was Pixar level. Like if they just sunk a ton of money into it. Yeah, and it just everything looked super real. <laughs> as beautiful as possible. Uh, to answer your question, because we were discussing this on Ryan Watches a Movie, because we were wondering about how the food interacts with the humans. They cannot, mm-hmm. the humans cannot uh, hear or see that the food is alive. The okay. only way that they can is if they take bath salts. If you take some oh, bath okay. salts, then you can talk to the food and you can see it move and everything. And there's this kind of interesting twist at the very end that basically throws the whole thing out the window. And I don't know if I liked it or not. It felt a little messy, the, the, the final twist. But it set it up for a sequel, which I guess is cool. I don't know. Had a huge opening this weekend. It, it was the biggest animated film opening for August ever. Wow. Yeah. Oh boy. And it, it is, it also broke the record for a highest grossing animated R rated animated film. Yeah. But how much, of, how much of that was just people trying to get some AC. So brutal this weekend. Holy crap. It's fucking awful. Uh, okay. I watched a bunch of shorts. And this is because I enjoyed that swallowed portion of uh, Collective Unconscious, which was directed by Lily Baldwin. So guess what's on Fandor? A bunch of Lily Baldwin shorts. So I jumped on there. Check them out. Um, she, I guess, was a, a former like ballet dancer. So like all of her films have you know dance in it. So I checked them out, and that's why I was saying that I kind of I think I'm on the side of like interpretive dance now. To a certain extent, I guess. I guess at least Lily Baldwin's <laughs> interpretive dance. Uh, I watched, there was a couple of them, like Sleeping With Frank is her kind of with this uh, male dancer and they kind of do like domestic, like ballet, like, you know, when they're laying in bed and he's getting ready for work and her like cooking breakfast and that type of thing. They kind of like incorporate these dance yeah, moves. Interesting. Everything. Yeah, and it works really well. And then there's another one called Work On Me, which is like these two lovers that doing a dance. And then like while they're doing it and it's constantly like spinning and embracing and all this stuff. And the background keeps changing. Like it's in New York and then it's in Paris and it's just, but the, the dancing is always the same. Like that's one continuous movement. And then the, just the location changes. And then there's another one where it's just like her taking off a trench coat. But she doesn't like this interpretive dance type thing. Um, uh, it's a soiree, which is this. This one's kind of bizarre because it's like a '60s like dinner party, and the camera's like fixed outside, so you're kind of like it's kind of like a voyeurism type thing. And it it starts out innocently enough, and then it just kind of kind of just falls apart into like debauchery and just weirdness, and just everyone's kind of like dancing with food all over their faces and they all looked just miserable. 
It's just, it's really, it's kind of bizarre and dark at the same time. Hmm. It's just, uh, it's quite interesting. And then another one is uh, a juice, juice box afternoon, which is her like reading this novel. And then it keeps cutting between this like interpretive dance of the novel. But then it's like cut up with this like, like modern hip hop type deal. And I got to say, like, out of watching everything, number one, the dancing is, it's fascinating. But the, like, the most interesting thing is, and she does, like, most of the editing, at least where there was a credit. And the editing is just completely on point. Like, the movements and how it's punctuated with the music and just, you know, it's seamless. Just the way it's cut up. Like, the Sleeping with Frank, the domestic one, the the soundtrack is uh, Rat-A-Tat. Ah, so she's doing it to rat a tat and it's cut up like everything, like the dance moves are perfect with the music, but so is the editing points and everything. Like it's really impressive. Interesting. Hmm. I think out of all of them, you would like that a lot. Yeah, I probably would. It's, uh, it sounds like I would like it. Have you seen that one? I was just searching while you're talking. Uh, there's a music video that for some reason I can't find it right now. I'd have to look harder, but there was a music video I saw a few months back on Vimeo where it was like it was ballet, but she was wearing she, she was wearing swords on her legs. And there were like uh, people standing around in blindfolds and she was doing ballet, like slicing people up. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, if I find the video, I'll send it to you because it's like the craziest thing because I can't I can't remember like who like who the artist is. In the video, but it was just, I saw it on Vimeo and it was just a crazy ass thing, but it was like kind of, it was like kind of beautiful at the same time. I kind of want to just Google search like ballet sword legs. That's what I, that's actually kind of what I did. I, I Googled, uh, ballet sword. (laughs) Ballet sword legs. Yeah. Hmm. I'm kind of. I'm looking for it. I can't find it, but if I find it, I'll come back next week and report. That's <laughs> not report on. It. I saw Joshi. Ooh. Yeah. So this is uh, directed by uh, Jeff Baina. He's the guy that did Life After Beth, which I was not too fond of. Oh yeah, yeah. However, this one I was actually quite fond of. It's a this is an indie comedy, definitely an American indie comedy. Uh, I've seen it being described as mumblecore. Uh, I guess mumblecore is still a term being used. I mean, we use it a lot, actually. Now that I think about it, we still use it, and that's kind of what it is. Basically, it stars Thomas Middleditch as this guy who first scene of the movie, he's. He, engaged to Alison Brie and she kills herself in the first scene of the movie. And it is such a shocking scene that it's, I don't know. It just sticks with you. It's, it's the way that it was shot the way, because he's like, he's in their apartment. He's like at the gym that's in their apartment and he's like working out, he's running and he comes back and she's dead. And it's just the way that it was put together was such a way, such a crazy way to start this movie, which is a comedy, but it's a, 
I didn't realize it from the trailers, but it is a very dark comedy. And uh, he, they, so they were going to be getting married, and he put a down payment on this, um, this house, this like vacation house that was going to be for their bachelor party. And he decided to, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to have my friends over anyway. We're just going to kind of make a thing of this. And this is like four months later. And uh, his friends are played by Adam Pally, Alex Ross Perry, and Nick Kroll. And it's just each, it's just, it's such a well-made little film. Like each of them have their own kind of turmoil that they're going through. Like Alex Ross Perry, his girlfriend, he and his girlfriend break up. So he's trying to deal with it, but he's kind of the antisocial one. Like all he wants to do is play this really complex board game. Whereas Nick Kroll is kind of the party guy. He wants to go out and drink and keep, keep the, the party going. And Adam Pally is kind of this domesticated guy who's married and has a kid, but he's kind of feeling the rut you know, of, of his life. He's smoking tons of weed to just kind of cope with everything. And then they end up meeting uh, Jenny Slate, who joins them. She's in the area with her friends as well. And she's there with uh, Aubrey Plaza and uh, Joe Swanberg and Chris Swanberg show up at some, at one point. Uh, Cause they're friends with them also. And uh, their, their son is also in it too. Judah. I think his name is. Of course Jude's in it. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're only in it for one scene, but it's a it's a pretty impactful scene. Uh, Paul Reiser's in it. He plays <laughs> he plays the father of Allison Bree's character. Uh, Jake Johnson has a little cameo in it too. He plays the hot tub repair guy. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed this. It's it's light. I mean, it's sorry. I don't want to say it's light as in like the contents. <laughs> Because the content is surprisingly heavy. But when I say it's light, I mean there's like, it's mostly just conversations. Like it's mostly just them trying to deal with the various issues in their lives. Very much like any other kind of mumblecore type movie. Yeah. But uh, I, I enjoyed it tremendously. I thought it was, it was really good. Uh, this is available on VOD as well. So you can check it out. It's called Joshy. And Thomas Middleditch, man, he is, he's great. And he really kind of shows his range in this, like there's some serious moments, some very emotional scenes and he handles them really well. I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything. You haven't watched Silicon Valley at all? No, I have not yet. Oh, you know, I just, I'm behind dude. Like I just, I just started Hannibal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that show lost me big time. I, I don't understand. I don't understand that show. I had to force I don't know feed what people it. Like I had to force. I don't know what people are saying. Yeah, I had to force it because I, I watched like the first couple episodes and then I dropped it completely and then I came back and essentially had to force myself to get through the rest of the first season. Well, I did the you know the first episode, which I'm always you know I'm like okay this is the first you can't judge it on the first episode. Give the second episode a shot, and I. It's just his whole, like, where he's, like... It's annoying. In the crime scene, he, to the fucking wiping shit. And uh-huh. he, like, walks back. 
this is my plan. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, this show it, is so terrible. Uh, yeah, it's really annoying. I, the, it's a shame, too, because it, like visually, that show is pretty gorgeous. Well, that's the thing. It gets, there's, there's other sections of it where it's like, man, this is great. This is great TV. And then it's immediately followed by something that's just horrendous. And you're like, oh, wait, no, this is awful TV. This is just bad. This is really bad. And I just, I don't know if I can do it anymore. Speaking of TV, started watching The Get Down. It, dude, I'm so excited for this. Have you have you d- dove into? I didn't, it? I didn't start it. I, I was still working on the Hannibal thing, and I also started Sherlock. That was the other thing. Oh, okay. Started, started Sherlock, which I wasn't really into that one. Either. No, that one that lost me kinda, too. Yeah, that one lost that me too. Kind of all over the place. I really don't like Benedict Cumberbatch. Just don't like him. I like him. I just I, that show. The first two series of that show I thought were okay, but then when they started coming out with the specials and like the the third series, I don't. The third series. Well, it's just. Even, a, I just don't understand. Like, why is Sherlock such a dick? Like, <laughs> why is he just such an asshole? It's just too easy. Like, I just hate him. It's just too easy. And then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, like the third episode, they're like, "Oh, he has a sense of humor, and he's joking around." It's like what? We need to drop the Sherlock shit, drop the Hannibal shit, and watch the Get Down. Because I, I will say this: yeah. don't go into it expecting Stranger Things level of goodness. Like, because it's not, it's not hitting that level. It does not hit that level. It's very cheesy. It is cheese ball to the max, which is unfortunate because it's really the only knock I have against it. Everything else is fantastic. Like it looks, it looks has a really interesting look to it. It's like they, so it's from Baz Luhrmann and I hate pretty much everything he does. Uh, But the way that this one is designed, it looks like a musical. It looks like it's a, it just, it looks like a theatrical musical. So it, it doesn't have a very real look to it. And the way that it's cut together and edited and the way that the actors act in this, it doesn't feel realistic. Uh, it's very over the top and, and kind of st- everything about it's very stylized. Like the music cues, the, just the movement of the characters, everything is very overly stylized, which I kind of really wasn't expecting from the, I didn't really pick up on that from the trailers. But once you kind of get over, okay, this is what it is. Like, this is the style. I was really into it. I mean, the um, I'm a huge hip hop guy, as you are. Mm-hmm. So seeing a show about you know the origins of hip hop and kind of celebrating the origins of hip hop and just it's it's like little things like Grandmaster Flash is in this or somebody playing Grandmaster Flash and just he's kind of teaching this this other guy. It's the the kid from uh, Dope, and he's kind of teaching him how to become a DJ and he's teaching him the tricks. And this is like so early, early days, you know, that it's like, this is stuff that's not common knowledge to DJs. You know, this is stuff that he's inventing, like marking the record with a crayon to, you know, <clears throat> to, to mark the, where the breakbeat is. And, uh, they, in this show, they call it the get down, but, uh, okay, okay. Th- those aspects of it, or what keep me watching it. There's a, there's kind of a corny love story in there too that I'm not particularly into, but I'm only two episodes in the first episode is an hour and a half long. 
and it's directed by Baz Luhrmann. So the first episode definitely feels like it's more of a movie. Yeah. And then the rest of the episodes, there's six in total, are, are uh, an hour long each. Oh, I can't so, wait. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll, I'll be very curious to see if you can get over how saccharine a lot of this show is. <laughs> we'll see. Because I know you're, I, not Baz, you're not a Baz Luhrmann no, 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 fan no, no. either. No, but it'll make it easier with it being hip hop. Yeah, it, you know, it, if it was it, anything else, I think I'd be like, nope, no nope, yeah, fucking way. Plus, a lot of it, a lot of it revolves around the state of New York City in the in the late seventies. I think it, it starts in seventy seven. Um, Nas plays a kind of a a role in this too. Like the well, I I don't know if I, I don't want to give anything away, but I would say check it out. It's on Netflix. Did you see anything else? I did not, no. Okay. Let's move on and talk about some predictions. Last week, Sausage Party. You said 74. I said 86. Actual 82. I'm surprised it got such high ratings. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting. Pete's Dragon. You said 64. I said 80. Or sorry. You said 64. I said 68. Actual 86 on that one yeah apparently apparently david lowry is uh did a really good job with it yeah i've been hearing i heard like one or the other like it's either fucking amazing or it's just awful it's yeah it's interesting i saw a couple couple of my facebook friends saw it and said it was bad but then i saw some critics on twitter saying that it was really good so i i don't know I was. I'm not really because, like I said, I never saw the first one, so I'm just. I didn't like I the first that, one, so it's like. I can't say that my interest level is that high. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for that to hit Netflix or disc or VOD or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, you said 52. I yeah. said 48. Actual 87. Christ. You were halfway. You were halfway through Foster, and I fell asleep. Just <laughs> oh my god! This week on fucking NPR. Just every time, every like commercial break, Florence Foster Jenkins, she got America on what is something about on their <laughs> feet when they're down on their luck. It's just like, gee, shut up, this fucking movie. Yeah, there's uh, nothing that appeals to me about that one for sure. Uh, next week we have Ben Hur. The, the only the only thing interesting about this movie. This. I thought this was a joke. The first time I saw a, you know, a trailer for this, I thought it was, I thought it was one of those shitty, like, uh, like Christian movies. No. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, oh, this is going to be the new Christian movie that comes to Lancaster. <laughs> and then it's like Ben-Hur and it's like an actual studio and you're just like, what the fuck is yeah, going why? on? Why do we need this? Uh, the only thing interesting I learned about this movie is that they actually shot, like, the set, the studio that they used, the soundstage, was actually the original one from the original Ben-Hur. Yeah. Where, which, they, where they built all the sets the, and stuff. But the thing about that is the people that would appreciate that are all fucking dead. They're all dead. <laughs> so who gives a shit? <laughs> no one wants to see Ben-Hur. <laughs> Fuck Ben Hur. Fuck that movie. No, like no one's asking for this. No, I think it's going to be awful. I'm going to say, I'll say 32 on Ben Hur. 
I'm gonna say zero. All right. <laughs> uh, we also <laughs> just, who don't like Ben Hur. I swear to God, if anyone likes Ben Hur, you should lose your job. It just doesn't. Nothing about it looks appealing at all. It just it looks, looks god awful. It just looks so terrible on every. And level. I've never, I've never seen the original, but there's a part of me that's probably the, the original is probably not good. Here's what I'm wondering. Okay, and Ben Hur is the latest one. Maybe Gladiator was the one that started this, where they they just all these movies look the same. Like they use the same like color palette, and it just. And, and, and like that gods of Egypt and all that stuff, they, they have this kind of sheen to them that it doesn't make it look like an old movie. It makes it look like a, a new movie that takes place in some sort of alternate universe. And it's just nothing about it looks genuine. It just looks all animated and, and entirely too clean. Like I would love to see if you're going to do a Ben Hur, I want it to be black and white. I want it to be gritty as fuck. I want it to be horrific. I want there to be like just horse shit everywhere. I want it to be like uh It's a hard to be God yeah, but Ben Exactly. That's exactly the look that it should be. Because I think that that's probably how it was back then. It was probably a fucking shit show nonstop. Also keep in mind this movie's 141 minutes. Oh Jesus. He's in it, actually. What? He's it's about Jesus, so that's an apt response oh. to this movie. Oh, oh my no. goodness. Why? Sorry. Forget it. Uh Kubo and the Two Strings comes out. This is the new one from Leica, the people behind Coraline and Paranorman. Good stuff right there. Good stuff right there. Uh, for some reason, this one's not really grabbing me. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be good, but this one just doesn't really uh, grab me for some reason. I wasn't too into the box trolls, to be honest with you, but I mm-hmm. I loved Coraline and Paranorman, so you know this one. I'm I'm sure it's going to be good. Everything they make is is good. What are you thinking on Kubo and the Two Strings? I'd say 86. That's just, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'll say. Uh, I'll say 84. Uh, that's it for wide releases. Next week in limited release, we have Imperium. That's the one with Daniel Radcliffe, and he goes undercover as a skinhead. Yeah. Uh, looks all right. I'll, I'll check it out. Why not? Uh, oh, sorry. I, did, I missed another big uh, wide release. War Dogs comes out. Okay. That's the new Todd Phillips. Uh, oh, that's a Todd Phillips movie? Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what to think about this one. Uh, it's probably not going to be good, but I'm interested in checking it out nonetheless. It's with uh, the one with Jonah Hill and... Uh, oh, why is his name escaping me right now? Miles Teller. Miles Teller, yeah, sorry. Uh, true story about gun runners. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, what are you thinking on War Dogs? Uh, fifty-two. All right. I'll say forty-three on that one. We also have Morris from America. This is the one with uh, Craig Robinson. It's about him and his son. They moved to Germany, I think. Seems interesting. I want to see this. Yeah, I want to see this. 
Yeah, seems this interesting. Is, uh, who is the director of this one? Chad Chad Hardigan? Is that his name? Um, Chad Hardigan? Chad Hardigan? <laughs> I, I'd say like I'm waiting for Chad Hardigan. He's like, yes. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. me. It's, yeah. That's the, me. Yes, it's the guy that did This is Martin Bonner. and This is Martin Bonner. Was a, that was a good one. Yeah, I remember you talking about that one. I didn't see it. That was it. a good one. No, that was, uh, that was a nice uh, that's a nice subtle one. I think that's on Netflix. That's not, still, yeah. I could be wrong. but So that's Morris from America. We'll, we'll probably be talking about that next week. Uh, lo and behold, reveries of the what's it? Reveries of the connected world, or something like that. It's the new Werner Herzog documentary. I'm, I, which I gotta say, I'm really happy because I don't think anyone's really dug into this yet. You know, really gone in depth with the, you know, the how our world's connected. You know, <laughs> it's different than what it used to be. Like in the past, it wasn't connected, but now it is with technology. Like. We need to start looking at this. Well, it was like a cybersecurity firm that funded this movie. So it's like basically just like kind of a... It's just everything. I don't know. Nothing about this one. I love Werner Herzog, but this one just doesn't seem... It just seems like everything is now. It's like how we can't connect in a connected world. (laughs) It's like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. Stop. Uh, Kingsglaive, Final Fantasy XV. This is a... Final Fantasy movie that's coming out. I saw a trailer for this. The animation looks really good, but I'm sure the movie itself is garbage like all the other Final Fantasy movies. Yeah. Uh, Spaceman. This is a comedy with uh, Josh DeMille. Baseball comedy. Oh, man. Baseball comedy? Yeah. It's got a great poster, too. Like a uh, old old school style hand-drawn poster. I'm sure the movie itself does not look very good, though. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure it's not. Oh good. boy! Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for. Uh, oh, sorry, the People versus Fritz Bauer also comes out in limited release uh, next week on VOD. We have Imperium. Lo and behold, Reveries of the Connected World, Spaceman, and Two Jennifer. Okay. Uh, th- those come out on Friday, Tuesday, the sixteenth. A movie called Bachelors comes out. It's a sex comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Bachelors don't do anything else. (laughs) They just just batch it up. Uh, I would love to to see a movie called Bachelors that's not a sex comedy. Like, it's this very serious, dry political thriller. It's essentially just, or it's just about a guy that's buying new house plants for his apartment. (laughs) Uh Buying, hung, not, like, buying hungry man dinners. He's trying to figure out which hungry man dinner he wants. And it's just he's not that good at like he doesn't have a green thumb. So it's just him over the course of ninety minutes. It's just he he bought these plants. They keep dying, and he's trying to he's trying to figure it out. He keeps checking WikiHow, and it's just not working out. I like this. I like this idea. <laughs> I think we should actually make this movie, and it's just called Bachelor. And so many people are going to be <laughs> so upset when they, when they see but we're gonna, We'll cut the trailer as a sex comedy. Yeah, exactly. And the poster is going to be like a, a, like a girl's... I think that the poster for this one is like... It's a woman's legs and like her panties are down around her ankles. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
All right. Mm. So next week on Blu-ray, we have uh, looks like American Ninja three and four getting re-released on Blu-ray. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, God's Not Dead two. Uh, what else do we got here? Backgammon. I think Backgammon is a good example of a real a well-cut trailer and a really good uh, like posters and things, but the movie itself I think looks pretty bad. Mm. I don't know though. I could be completely wrong. It might be amazing. You never know. Never know. Uh, let's see what else is coming out. The Great Outdoors, The Burbs, The Money Pit. I feel like those movies, those three Tom Hanks, or the, well, the two Tom Hanks movies, and then The Great Outdoors, I feel like those movies get re-released every two weeks. I was just going to say, I thought, it seems like we've talked about them. We did, out. very recently. Yeah. I mean, how many... I mean, I'm glad, because I remember there was a time when The Burbs never got released. Like, it was so hard to find that movie. But now I guess it had a little bit, I think it's become sort of a cult classic. Well, because everyone that grew up watching it on Yeah, I think that's what it is, yeah. We're all that age now. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Like, there's the the first American Ninjas coming out, Angry Birds... Saved, Ooh. remember Saved? Yeah, why is that coming out? That's coming out on Blu-ray. <laughs> I guess it's just now <laughs> getting a Blu-ray release. <laughs> it really waited a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be quick with that shit. Uh, Arrow so cut that term on time down. Arrow is releasing Microwave Massacre from 1983 on nice. Blu-ray. That sounds like a very interesting movie. It Seriously. has a really cool cover. I can tell you that. I'm sure it has an awesome synopsis too. I can only imagine. Uh, Air, man, Arrow Video. I mean, they're they're just they're they're so good. I mean, they're even better than Scream Factory. I think. Let's see, Microwave Massacre. Construction worker Donald is having a hard time getting anything good to eat since his wife has decided to only cook gourmet foods. That and her constant harping cause him to snap, and he whacks her. <laughs> Somewhere in the confusion, he he comes up with a new use for the microwave oven and begins to eat much better. Soon he's experimenting with different recipes and different meals. (laughs) Well, I know what I'm adding to my watch list this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, that sounds amazing. Uh, All right. What do we have on the the criterion front this week? We have one criterion that's Ingrid Bergman in her own words. This is a, documentary from uh 2015 i started watching this this week but oh yeah uh yeah i didn't finish it though oh narrated by uh alicia vikander yeah uh interesting so far oh yeah i don't know a whole lot about ingrid bergman that's why i wanted to check it out so that makes sense i haven't seen a whole lot of her movies i've probably only seen two or three maybe if that maybe one. I might have seen one of her movies <laughs> so you know I'm just, I, you I, I'm, I have I just am so behind on my classics it's it's terrible uh, same, same here there's so many dark spots in my my film viewing it's overwhelming yeah 
All right. I think that that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse, and consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Thank you.